I got a really important question from my number one and number two fans, Violet J and Shaggy 2 Dump. Water, fire, air, and dirt. In crypto. How do they work? Whoa. That is a, that's a really important question, Shaggy and Jay. That really cuts to the heart of the issue. You probably heard of Bitcoin. You probably know that it's supposed to be money for the internet. You might even know that it works based on an immutable ledger that no one person can change. What you might not know is, why should you care? How is it going to affect you? How is it going to alleviate poverty or bring about prosperity? How is it going to reel in corrupt governments and reform banks that have just been taking too much of your money for too long? Welcome to Cryptonomics principles of cryptocurrency and investing. This episode of Cryptonomics is brought to you by good questions. You might have heard me use the phrase, karma is real. Karma starts in your mind and it starts with good questions. There are many people in this world who have turned their life around, improved their quality of life just by having the courage and persistence to ask good questions. And I'll give you one for free. It goes like this. What do I have to be grateful for right now? And of course, I'm grateful for all of my listeners. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for sharing this with your friends so they can enjoy the experience as well. When I first started researching Bitcoin and I started to put the pieces together in my head, I thought, this is interesting. This is kind of like Napster or BitTorrent. So those services that people used to file share to share music and movies over the internet. They gave the users more power. And in the end, that put pressure on the music and movie industries to keep up, to try to give their users and customers more of what they wanted in the way that they wanted it. And I thought Bitcoin has some of these qualities. So maybe it will do the same thing to central banks, commercial banks, and states. But back then, I couldn't really see that far ahead. I didn't know what the effects were going to be. Now they're all starting to come into focus slowly. So let's start with the big one. How can crypto end war? I like to paraphrase Ron Paul when he said, it's no coincidence that the 20th century was dominated by central banks and by war. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. In the old days, before the system of modern central banks, wars tend to be short, maybe just two or three years long. What happened was, in order to pay for the war, the governments had to keep hiking up the taxes. And eventually they either ran out of money or the people said, no mas, enough. We can't just have you keep taking our money to pay to fight some stranger I've never met. Why don't we go to war? People say, I'm not sure about that. They say, well, that'll be $75,000 per household. Please and thank you very much. How many warmongers would be left? Really? 
75,000? Uh, no, that's okay. Blessed are the peacemakers. With the modern system of central banking, central banks and states can just keep borrowing and printing money. And regular people aren't going to know that that's the reason that their money is worth less every year and the economy is failing. Bitcoin is intrinsically limited. The government can't print a Bitcoin. The government in a Bitcoin currency universe has to actually go to the people and ask them what they want. The government will actually have to do what it claims it does, serve the people. Today, in this era of digital cash, we have a real choice. We can choose to withdraw our power and our money from a system of fiat currency that's based on violence. And we don't have to convince our local shop owner to use an anachronism like silver coins. All we need to do is convince them to use electronic cash. And that's probably gonna happen just as soon as cryptocurrency can develop a user experience which is on par with PayPal. Now we have this modern system of central banking where the central banks lend the money and the state treasuries print the money and that's one key reason why your dollars pounds and bolivares don't buy as much as they did last year so it's supply and demand it's similar to if you had a whole bunch of bananas and you just loaded them onto the market all at once the price of an individual banana would go right down similarly the Fed floods the market with a bunch of dollars and the price of a dollar goes down. What this means is saving is for suckers. There's little reason to save when you know that next year your dollars are going to be worth less than they are now. And that means people are encouraged to spend money on things that they don't really need or invest in things that they don't really understand. When you have sound money, money with a transparent, limited supply, money that's chosen by the people rather than being imposed by the state. It tends to be worth more over time. It has more purchasing power because increase in efficiency is reflected in that currency. So when crypto reaches mass adoption, it's gonna be a lot more meaningful to save your money. Saving is gonna be trendy. Saving is gonna be cool. In countries where people don't have a lot of disposable income, if they can save even 0.5% of their paycheck in the long term, that's going to make a huge difference. Crypto ends poverty. Crypto builds prosperity. Well, let's talk about that. In developed nations, a lot of people are afraid to start their own businesses. And it's partly because the government set the regulations such high barriers of entry. It means you need tens of thousands of dollars of capital to start a business. Imagine a world where if you work for five or 10 years, you can save enough money to retire. That's the kind of environment where people will be willing to save for one year and then start a business. They know they have a lot less to lose, so they're more willing to take risks. There'll be a lot of entrepreneurs out there chasing their dreams. They'll be trying out these crazy ideas, and some of them will even work, and they will become richer because of it, and the world 
will become richer because of it, because we'll be living in a world of their crazy ideas. Now let's talk about raising capital. It's not easy to find a million dollars, but with the advent of ICOs, it's actually got a lot easier. Now that means a lot of people are out there coming up with these sci-fi projects. What's up, homie? Huh? And trying out these weird things. A lot of them really will turn out to be fiction projects, but some of them will be real. And of course, as time goes on in the crypto market, people are going to invent more accountability measures. So things like holding the money in escrow and time lock smart contracts, independent auditing. It's going to keep these sci-fi projects with their focus on Mars. It's going to keep their eyes on the Starship Enterprise. Now let's talk about the other side of the ICO. Let's talk about being a speculator. Now for a long time, there was this idea called a qualified investor. And what it normally means is a millionaire. The government restricts you by law from investing your money in something that's very risky. If you wanted to invest in the early stages of a project, the government would say, no, that is too risky for you. You don't know how to manage your own money. Basically, you had to be really rich before you could take a shot at being really, really rich. For example, 2004, Peter Thiel bought 10% of Facebook. He paid about $500,000 for it. Eight years later, at the initial public offering, it was worth $500 million. Now those kinds of 1000x gains were completely off the table for nearly everybody until ICOs became a thing. In 2004, if you wanted to invest $10 into Facebook, it was impossible. You just couldn't do it. But now with ICOs, you can do stuff like that. So if there's a new project coming up, a new social media site, you could buy $10 worth of their token and you might see those kind of Peter Thiel crazy returns. Crypto ends poverty, crypto builds prosperity. If you didn't know before why you should care about cryptocurrency, I hope you have a little idea. I hope you can see how technology like this could make some real change in the world for regular people like you and me. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment. Am I being too optimistic? Am I not being optimistic enough? Is Bitcoin really a new world order Rothschild scheme to control your brains and your children's DNA? Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing this so your friends can also get some insight into the bigger picture, into the dream of cryptocurrency. Quick note, if you're watching on YouTube, of course, I've been publishing these videos on the Cryptonomics channel. Starting with the next video, I'm going to be publishing these on my old channel, The Paradise Paradox, because it turned out it was harder than I thought <laughs> to build that first thousand subscriber audience. So I'm going to go back to The Paradise Paradox and try to leverage the subscribers that I have on there. I hope you come with me. Thank you for listening. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Remember, stay grateful.